welcome to Read This Week Then. I am Jacqueline Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. What's up, cousin? Hello. Hello. How you doing? The day after Founders Day. My first Founders Day. I'm so I excited. Know. How was it? I saw you in all red on your show looking fabulous. I loved it. Loved and it. listen, my 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 AKA uh, makeup artist, she came in that. in her full regalia. She came in with everything, even like had little green eyeshadow. How and so we were like, we had a great time. We took a picture together. I know she had to, but she also brought me flowers, which was really sweet to celebrate uh, okay. my first ever uh, Founders Day. And I got so many texts, um, so many, so many just wonderful people I met in Atlanta. Uh, shouts out to Evelyn Peters Green, who was my 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 handler, you know, when I was down there um, uh, uh, for the sorority, it was great. So it, it was just this hearing from everybody, Heather, who you met well, in Atlanta. So everybody, yeah. we were just all texting. It was really great. And I saw your cute little post you put up, which was adorable. I know. I have a lot of Deltas in my family um, on my father's side. And so we, we, roll, we roll deep. And so my, I call her baby cousin, um, Dr. Cheryl Ray Reed. She made these cute uh, T-shirts, and it, it's on my Instagram account. Uh, Instagram account that's t- it says like Reed R E I D Dynasty, and it has you know oh, DST standing out within that. It is such a cool T-shirt. So I love yeah. having that and rocking that. So Founder's Day was good. I mean, I wish I could have good. been a part of a ceremony in some kind of way. As far as going to something, it's so lovely to participate yeah. in Founder's Day. Uh, but with yeah. COVID, girl, I'm not going. No, not, not happening. Mm-mm. Not happening. Oh, and it's funny. My so my 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 little bestie in Florida, who is also AKA. I know a lot of AKA. She sent me some pajamas, some Delta, some Delta Sigma Theta pajamas that are like cute. all red, but they're so cute. Yeah. So I got a lot of stuff. It was like really, <laughs> but but also it was a crazy breaking news day. So it was like half my my text messages were you know Delta Sigma Theta people texting, and half of it was breaking news every bloody hour of the day it was cra- I ch- we changed our show three times yesterday yeah. everything breaking happened yesterday we kept uh, constructing and deconstructing the poor show it was so hectic so it was a lot yesterday was a day yeah. <laughs> it was a day for better uh, and for worse so what's your wind down cousin so I, I guess uh you know do I even have really a, a good wind down I guess my wind down and this is an admission my wind down is more of an admission so I'm supposed to be doing dry January <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's just what how many we are only 14 days in and I I have to admit that I I fell off the wagon for January. What happened? I did. So what happened was yeah, first of all, it was Founders Day. So I was like, maybe I can sneak a little bit of Prosecco in just because it's Founders Day. Um so I was like, I'll just take a little sip. Sip. And then (laughs) and then of course. When, you know, my, my wonderful uh, makeup artist, Janice, got there with her AKA regalia on, she was like, you know, you have to take a, 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 a you know, you have to at least toast your founders. You got to break your, you know, come, come on. on. So she kind of like, she was the pusher man. I'm telling you, the pusher lady got me. You got the wrong influences around you. <laughs> and nobody said no. Jason was there. You know, uh, our contractor, David, was there. everybody was there just all egging me on. So it's like nobody was saying that's the wrong thing to do. Stick with your dryanuary because I got a whole bunch of drinkers all around me. So my, my, my wind down is I, I, bro- I broke my dry, my dryanuary. Yeah, that's over. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> it's What's not too this? late to get in on Veganuary if you want to. Veganuary could happen, except that uh, I actually like bacon. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I am doing it. You may remember last year I did the Daniel Fast, the Bridge to Healthy Living. I'm doing it again. We started on Monday. You are a rock. <laughs> this is so hard. It's, it, it is hard, but I will say this. I will say this about it. Last year I did it and I just did the food, you know, the things that you couldn't eat. I hate to call it restrictions, yeah. you know, because it's a fasting. It's um, It's supposed to bring yeah. you closer to God. Stop it. But this one that I'm, the, the, and I did. God likes wine. Group. Go on. Stop it. This one, <laughs> it's Christian based. So what I, I didn't do this part of it last year. I just did the food. But this time, girl, they have a, a journal. There's scripture that we read. It's almost like we have church every night. There are all these great Too much work. Like I didn't sign up. So if there's all these black women that are fellowshipping together and the first night, the first service, I like to call it that we had on Facebook live yeah, was talking about, you know, why you want to be your healthy best and connecting that with your relationship with God, making God part of your health journey. So if you have made God part of your dry January, whatever you call it thing, then you might've been a little bit more focused on like God would have been on your shoulder saying, no, Joanne, read some scripture instead. No, you know, you know what God would have said? God would have said, take this bread and this wine. It's what Jesus did. <laughs> he would not you know have. What he said, he said, he saw the multitudes and he said, you know what y'all need? Make this party hot. Let me get y'all some bread and some fish and he some wine. Boom, he, did <laughs> he did it. He did it. He said, here's some bread, some fish and some wine. Get the party started. No, no, man. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Testify for yourself. Girl, blasphemy. 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 There's a sinner in the house. There's a sinner in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do some hot. So I'm doing the Daniel fast and it's really going well. Um, It's hard, but I like it. It's four weeks. So, you know, this is almost the end. God bless you. This is the end of week one. Um, But that's my wind down. I'm sticking with it. But listen, I do have this Facebook group that you guys can join my journey called 12 Months to Vegan. It's a private group. Join. I'm coaching you. If, for those of you who are ready to give up the swine, um, <laughs> come on over to the Facebook group and join that. Art tells a story, your story, and inspires others in your community to do the same. This Black History Month, AARP is celebrating the undeniable impact and contributions of Black art and artists everywhere. We're thrilled to celebrate these creatives over 50. Through their work and persistence, they make society a better place by bringing us all closer together. Learn more at aarp.org slash black community. All right, let's talk about some hot topics. Let's Shall we? do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unless you think bacon is a hot topic, I'm happy to do that. It is a, listen, don't, you don't want to get me started on the (laughs) suffering of pigs. Do you want me to pull up pictures of suffering pigs going to Oh, I'm hugging you. No, I don't want to see the pigs being, they hug you. I know they can hug you. I know that, I believe they can hug you. I believe that. Well, they're very smart animals. They're very intelligent. They are. Smarter than a dog. keep them as pets, but they get very big, so it's not smart to have them. Well, no, they they keep them as pets till they get hungry and then they eat them. Joy Move on. <laughs> you think people eat their pets? They do. You would eat your dog. They eat pigs. You, girl, you no, but I, I've heard of kids that work, that live on a. No, I've heard of kids that grow up on farms they and they name the pig pets. like Bob and then they eat it. They girl, do. There no. are people who actually have pets as 
pigs as pets. As a pig. Do not kill them. They let them live yeah. because just like your dog and cat in your house who are mm-hmm. part of your household, who I hope you would never think of eating. God, no. Oh, they nasty. I wouldn't eat them. Mm-mm. Bastards. See? <laughs> See, there are people in the world who think that cats and dogs and horses are food. And are whales food. and dolphins <laughs> gross. are food. See? Disgusting. Gross. It's mm-hmm. fish is fish, right? Fish is fish. Come on. Meat is meat. <laughs> meat is meat. <laughs> See, your dog, I'm going to take, let me I take got you dog. started. Take Girl, dog to Vietnam. <laughs> Girl, I don't know why you would be started down this road. I don't know why I got her started. I'm so sorry, podcast. I'm so Jesus, sorry, friends. I'm so sorry, friends. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Save them all. Come on, Jesus. Save the animals. And touch dear joy and heart. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about hot topics now? Yes, ma'am. Or do you want to keep talking about veganism? No, 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 no. Let's let's go to hot topics. Let me pull up a picture <laughs> of a pig. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Now I'm let's excited about, about this. Yes, please. Let's talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air because I'm actually kind of excited and kind of not excited about Why Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay, you, so here's the news. You explain. Everybody yeah. knows that the dramatic version reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is coming to uh, Peacock. Uh, Will Smith is going to be producing this executive producing his production company. They did this nationwide search. They chose a young man to play him, but it's all drama. There are no laughs. The trailer for it came out this week. It looks amazing to me. I could not be more excited to see this because it's just a reimagining of it. And it's based off this young filmmaker. I think he's from Memphis. I can't remember where he's from, but he just did this trailer on his own. You know, he hired actors and everything and did this version of the press, Fresh Prince. It went viral. Will Smith saw it. And now it's being made into something uh, mm. real. And he's also an executive producer on this. So I'm excited about this, but you're, you're, you have mixed feelings. Why? I think it's because I, I, remakes I'm not usually excited about. Like, I did not like the remake of Coming to America, right? Like, they did the story. It was like a sequel to well, Coming to America. Well done. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't well done. It wasn't well done. So it's like any time that you take a classic, especially something that's so much a part of our sort of black vernacular, our cultural vernacular, and redo it or re or add to it, I, it makes me nervous because I'm like, it needs to be really, really good for it to be worth it, right? Because right. you take some of these classics, like you don't really want to see more. It's like we, it was good the first time, it was perfect. Why, why add to it? So that's the only thing that makes me nervous. But I love this idea that it's not going to be like a comedy redo of what the original series was. And I am excited for this young man to have gotten this opportunity. What a great opportunity. You make a thing, a creative thing, and Will Smith is, picks it up. It's amazing. So I am absolutely going to watch it. And I am ex- and I'm, But I'm just nervous because you're messing with a classic. That's all. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that they're not trying to do another half-hour comedy with it, right? They're not yeah. like that. This yeah. is a, an hour-long drama. It's going to be something so different. So I'm excited about yeah. it. But we'll see. Well, right? Here's a question, though. Is it going to start with, well, this is a story all about how my life got flipped and turned upside down. And I want to take a minute, just sit right there and tell you how to get the print of a town called Bel Air. Is that going to be part of it? I think it'll be, well, <laughs> this is a story. This is a story. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> it'll be much more dramatic and more, more, more like that yeah yeah no yeah. You're, you're probably right you're probably yeah, right it'll be it'll mm-hmm. be different it'll be very okay. very different um yeah. okay so we also want to talk about my angelou who mm-hmm. 
is the first black woman to be on the back of a coin. Mm-hmm. She's on the back of a quarter mm-hmm. with George Washington on the front of it. Very interesting. Still got mm-hmm. that slave owner on the front of the mm-hmm. quarter. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she's going to be on a quarter. Ida mm-hmm. B. Well, we also announced that there's a Barbie doll. Um, we've seen the mm-hmm. first images of that mm-hmm. um, made in her likeness. Um, so some interesting things mm-hmm. happening for black women this mm-hmm. week. So the B is for Barbie. For Ida Barbie legacy. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like talking about the edges that they have on the Ida <laughs> Barbie doll that is just <laughs> is not done. Our edges got to be like that. Why, why did it got to be like that? So, so, so you know, here's the people. thing. Well, how I do you know. feel about this though? Um, about uh, Maya Angelou, because I know you have feelings. I have feelings. I have thoughts. So, so uh, my, my challenge with all of these things, which I know are done. Uh, for Girl, what is on your hair. lip? I got a, a hair. This, 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 I love my this wig, but it's like it's like pieces of it are flying off and jumping onto my clothes. <laughs> like, um, it's fighting me. Um, so <laughs> I feel like we're kind of getting to that phase. Like, remember when they made the Juneteenth holiday? And it was like, we already had Juneteenth because we kind of already celebrated it. And they're like, hey, Blacks, uh, we can't get your police reform, voting rights. And uh, yeah, the cops are going to still keep killing you like they killed George Floyd. We can't do anything about that. But how about this? What if we take a holiday you already celebrate and that you already enjoy? Make it a national holiday you like that. Oh, oh, that wasn't. Up? OK. OK. Let, let's how about this. Uh, yeah. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are like, you know, you know, basically F John Lewis. We're, we're not going to vote for his bill because um, we care more about what Republicans think but how about this what about a coin uh, what about a coin with my angelo on it you want and a quarter with my angelo on it you like we'll that capitalize huh? the b in blacks now in, yeah. you know we'll capitalize we the b in black, black people will capitalize come on e. come on now and then that? what we'll come do on. see what we're gonna do with maya now let's just tell you that the, the picture ain't gonna look like my angelo let's start okay <laughs> You don't get to get to look like her. You know, you're asking for a but lot. But trust us, um, it's her. But trust us, that is my Angela with her hands flying up in the air. She, she might have done that move every so often, you know, blacks. And then here's the other thing. Okay, yeah, it's a quarter, and I know you don't really use quarters anymore. And basically, all money is basically on your app now with a phone, and you don't really spend quarters. But a quarter is something. A quarter is something. It's Listen, a physical thing. We- we listen. I know we promised you a twenty dollar bill with Harriet yep. Tubman. We Harriet, we know. Yep. We go, yeah. but we gonna table that for now. We we'll table start that with a quarter. Let's we'll start, start with a quarter. You gotta start somewhere. A right. walk starts with. You gotta a crawl stick. before you walk. You gotta crawl, right? And then you could walk. Exactly. So, 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 will you vote for us again in twenty twenty? We're not gonna give you forty <laughs> acres in a mule. We gonna give you no, 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 no. one acre, half an acre. And a poodle, but see, here's the thing with the poodle: it is going to poop in your house. But it's how about this? Like how about this? How about this? It's gonna look like it's a poodle. Technically, be a gerbil <laughs> with a hat. The gerbil with a hat is a poodle in a way. Yeah, you see, and so we're gonna call so, it a poodle. C C C C C C C C The gerbil in a hat. Here's what we're gonna do. What we gonna do? Will you vote? Will you vote for us in twenty twenty two? Because Can you it is technically a poodle if you squint real tight. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah. <laughs> and you need this poodle. You don't you need know it. that you need it. It's like you don't infrastructure. Need it. You don't it's like know you. Need. Come on now, you need you don't it. Okay, really. I, want I, I, all I, know, I know we said. I know, I know we said build back better. I get that. I get that. I get that. I know we said that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but see, we can't do that right now because Joe Manchin said we can. So here's what we're gonna do instead. 
Because Joe Manchin said that should be a game instead of because Joe Manchin said, said, Manchin yeah. Come on, Kirsten Cinema. We how about if we give you one of Kirsten Cinema's wigs? Now I know, I know, I know they're not that stylish, but they're colorful. We could give you a Kirsten Cinema wig, right? 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 And then you vote for us in 2022. Come on, please. Hey, baby. Please. Please. Kiki. 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 I can't. I cannot. I can't, girl. Okay, girl. and we gotta talk about COVID because yes. let me tell you what I said. This week, I just said, I don't know how much longer, Joanne, I can take these boosters. I just, if they are like, let, let, hear me out. I'm fully okay. vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> but if every time a variant shows up, if if they need me to keep getting boosted, like, ev- like they need to, they need to regroup. The pharmaceuticals need to regroup. They need to mm-hmm. come out with something. And I get it. We're trying mm-hmm. to keep up with everything, but I, mm-hmm. I I feel some kind of way about keeping having to keep putting this stuff in my body. And let me say that I'm not a big fan of pharmaceuticals, period. But anyway. I am mm-hmm. fully vaccinated because I understand the science. I trust the science. I know for in order to live, that's what I needed to do. Because you know, I was hesitant. You were too early mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. but you were vaccinated yep. before I was. I was early on, um, mm-hmm. but I came around. But I mm-hmm. just feel some kind of way I have to say, and I know <clears throat> you're not a fan of this kind of talk mm-hmm. um, because we do mm-hmm. need to, I, listen, I think people need to be fully vaccinated, get the booster. But at some point, Joanne, mm-hmm. I, it, it has to be enough. Yeah. I feel like the CDC, and this is why I feel yeah. this way too. I feel like the CDC is all over the place. I feel like the Biden administration, when it comes to this, is all over this, the place. I think they're concerned about safety, but I also think that they're too concerned about businesses <clears throat> and politics and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that the CDC is now saying that healthcare workers can basically go back to work if they're sick with COVID. Mm. Come in that's sick. That's crazy to me. That's correct. That's that's just... No, I, I, so I, I hear you. Because like, when it comes to COVID right no. now. I know I threw a lot out. I, I do too. Oh no, I have one feeling. Exhaustion. I am. Yes. I am sick of it. I am exhausted. Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of the the constant anxiety. You know, I'm tired of you know being afraid. To, you know, every week we have this conversation about whether I'm going to go do the show at the studio or do it from my basement. You know, I'm back in the basement, and it's like I, I'm tired of people even uh, having to answer this question. Like, can I actually physically go into my office? Yeah. Yeah. Too. No. Like you know, and I, I agree. And partly, as you know. I'm mostly angry at anti-vaxxers. I feel like it's their fault that we're stuck here. And But at the same time, I get where people who are doing it all and wearing masks and getting vaccinated are like, enough with the boosters. Enough with, I got to take another fifth shot. How many shots do I got to take because these bastards won't take one? And like, how much of my life has to get completely disrupted and destroyed because we can't figure out how to end this damn pandemic. So I, I'm with you. I get the frustration. And no, we don't want to have to keep getting shot after shot after shot after shot after shot because at a certain point, the the variants are over to overrunning the shots right. because none of people have gotten shot number one. So right. us getting our fifth shot won't necessarily protect us from them. So I think at this point, this is where I'm at, um, Cousin Jackie. It is time to stop fucking around. Excuse my language. Yeah. Because other countries are getting serious. Other countries say you can't come in this country, says Australia, if you ain't got your shots. You ain't got your shots, live your life, but not in Australia. 
You know, countries like Italy have said, when we say lockdown, bitches, we mean lockdown. You come out, the police are going to interrupt you. You're not going where you want to go. We have it the easiest in America. No. I mean, in J- I think it's in Japan where they've said, you don't want your, bo- you don't want your shots? No problem. Pay your own health care bills. We're not paying for it. This yes. is not going to be the community paying for your bills. Amen. I think we need to start getting serious with these people. Give me real mandates. You don't get your shot. You don't get on a plane. You don't have to get it. Now, we're not saying you have to get it. We're saying if you don't get it, pay for your shit yourself. Yeah. Pay for the ER. Let the person with a that needs a liver transplant get a shot to get in the ER. Yes. Let the person with a heart attack and a stroke get in. Because right now, y'all are locking them out. Healthcare workers are committing suicide. They're exhausted. They're sick of y'all. They're exhausted. Yeah. They're frustrated. Yeah. From now on, if you don't want to get your shots, fine. But you don't get to have all the benefits of those of us who've done it. Those right. of us who've done the right thing ought to be able to benefit from that. And y'all who want to still play crazy and do all your Kyrie Irving, the earth is flat bullshit, do it. But do it on your own dime. Pay for it yourself. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm done. I I mean, I think we're on the same page. I agree with you. I think there should be restrictions put in place for people. I don't feel like they should be able, unless for medical reasons. For medical. Or if they're a baby. Or you're a little kid. If you're refusing to take it, if you're Mm -hmm. healthy enough and it won't have an adverse effect on you, Mm -hmm. effect on you if you take it, Mm-hmm. And you just are choosing not to take it, then I think Correct. that you should all you should pay for your own hospital care if you end up getting getting sick with COVID. Take the bill, and I don't take the think bill. you should be able to fly. Mm-hmm. I just don't you think shouldn't. you should be able. You're putting to other get people at risk. Plane. You're putting that's one of the, you know my uncle died this week, and I did not want to get on a plane mm-hmm. um, just because this thing is just so contagious and go to a funeral. You right. know what I mean? At a church and all. I right. just did not want to, inter- you know, I, I attended on. Uh, and people are catching it at funerals. And <laughs> yeah, well, condolences on your uncle, but you're absolutely right. If, right you. now, if somebody, yeah. if there was a funeral, I wouldn't go, you know? Oh. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I have family members that caught it going to a Christmas brunch with family. Come on now. It's yeah. got to stop. And so we have to, as a country, we need to treat American adults as adults and stop babying these people. Yeah. Stop treating them like children. If they can't make, if they are making the adult decision that they want to be free, to, they want to let, they want to open their bodies to COVID, they should have the freedom to do that, but they shouldn't have to be able to pass the cost of that onto the rest of us. Yeah. We should not have to bear the cost of that. Because by the way, if you are a heavy drinker, you will not get a liver transplant unless you literally stop drinking. They don't just say, come on in and get a liver transplant. Exactly. They say, no, sorry, sir. Sorry, ma'am. You're a heavy drinker. You need to detox your body and then come back and talk to us. If you need the bariatric surgery because you are, you know, you weigh 500 plus pounds, trust and believe they're going to make you get down to 200 before you get it. They don't just say, come on in, get the bariatric and live. They say, if you want to live, do the work and they won't let you have it. And, and, you know, people are like, well, that's not fair. Smokers pay more for their insurance right now. And if you lie and don't tell them you smoke and they find out, that's actually a crime. You have to tell the insurance company that you're a smoker and then you got to pay extra. The anti-vax people pay extra for your insurance because you are costing and you are going to collapse our healthcare system so that if we have enough, if Ebola breaks out, we don't have the beds. Not just the healthcare system is going to collapse. I can't tell you how many, you know, my mom and I went to Macy's the other day and it was, you know, at Lenox Square Mall here in Atlanta and it was all but empty. It was hard to find someone that was working there, no, there because so many businesses have people that 
they may, they, uh, with employees that may not be in the hospital, but that are calling right. in sick because they are, you know, That's maybe right. they're back. They're having these breakthrough cases where they can't, they're yep. too sick yep. to come to work. You know what I mean? And it's just, yep. it, it, so yep. that is having an impact on businesses and the rest 100%. of us. Because of people yeah. who won't get vaccinated. I mean, yeah, that's I, right. And I, so, I'm with you. They, yeah, they're collapsing. The, they're going to collapse our economy. They're going to collapse our healthcare system, and they're doing it, it with an attitude of so. So they don't care <laughs> what happened. They don't care about the consequences. So I don't care about the consequences to your wallet if yeah. you ha- if there are sanctions because you don't care about the consequences to my life, my children my elders, the, the healthcare workers, the nurses, well, you don't give a, a damn. I don't give a damn. Here's the thing too, for a lot of people, like, I think it's the, the Trumpers that are like, I don't want to do it. You know, it's my right to say no, blah, 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 whatever. I can take a horse pill or whatever they're doing. But I think there are a lot of people in our community um, who are, you know, anti-Trump, but just are not trusting of the government, period, no matter who's mm-hmm. in office. And so there are those reasons they feel like, well, if I take these herbs or if I take these, you know, then I'll be fine. If I take these supplements, I herbs can and berries. myself from it. Or if I get it, I can. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you don't trust medicine, don't trust it. Then don't go to the hospital at all. Don't go to hospital. You Why you trust it, medicine all of a sudden? Home. Don't trust right. it all around. You Suddenly you trust don't medicine. Don't get the flu shot. Girl, don't get, girl, you know girl. what I mean? Stop going to the OBGYN. Girl, girl, none of that. Have your babies at home. Do the whole do it thing. at home. Put in, do it. Go. How do you suddenly trust medicine when you catch it? Now you that's didn't trust same. medicine. It's the same. It's that the same medical establishment that's telling you to get the, right. the shot. But you want to get same, treated, and they gonna have to treat you. And it's the same people. Right. It's the, how do you suddenly trust them when you can't breathe? And you trust them to stick a tube down your actual throat. And here's the other thing on this conspiracy theory that I hear so many black people saying, oh, that's just a conspiracy against us. Number one, which seems like the more likely conspiracy. Number one, there's a giant pandemic of of a a virus that's highly transmissible that happens. And the conspiracy is to get you to take the shot that prevents it. That's the conspiracy that rich people, that Trump and all the rich people are taking. And so they're like, oh, let's get the blacks to take it, too. You know, the, the rich people took it. You know, the guy who uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch took it. Let's get let's get the blacks to take it. That's right. your conspiracy. Or is the more likely conspiracy. Let's message to as many black people as possible not to take. it, So more y'all die. Yeah. You know, if there was a conspiracy, and I'm not saying there is either way, but if there was a conspiracy, wouldn't the more likely conspiracy be to get us to not take the cure, to get us to not take the preventative, to get yeah. us to die from it? Think with your logical mind. Why would there be a conspiracy to get you to take the preventative with the rich people? <laughs> rich white people are taking, a, are taking a shot. So you're Girl, saying the, the, people, the conspiracy is like to get you to take what they're taking? Come on. If people feel like when you show up at the doctor, if you're black, they're going to give you one thing. If you're white, they're going to give Girl, you something now. I'm telling you, they ain't got time for that. They ain't got time. How, how much time do you think these people have to sit around and say, oh, there goes a black person. Let's go ahead and deep reach in this box. Baby, come on. Like, think logically. No one, you're, you're a random person coming in. They don't know who you are. No, there's not a conspiracy. I hear you, but these are the people that are operating within systemic racism in so many, you know, parts of our lives. So, I mean, you can, listen, I get it, but it's gone too far. It's It's extreme. It's extreme. You know what I mean? But I, I get the roots of it. But once you see the science and once you see experts out there who look like you, who are telling you, you can trust this then I think that you, like, I didn't want to take it. 
And I was scared when I went to take it, but I took it. I knew it was the smart thing to do because I knew having upper respiratory issues, if I were to get COVID, it would not go well for me. Same here. I'm not at risk and it's too contagious. Listen, you may not want to take the vaccine, but it's just the smarter thing to do. It just is. And, and I realized that and that's why I did. Um, but I just, I'm just not a big fan of pharmaceuticals. I, I agree. I get it. And I, listen, I think big pharma is not a good guy. Let's just, no. let's just not take this to say Come big pharma. On. And by the way, the same big pharma, and this is where I will do the final thing I will say, the same big pharma that you don't trust because Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson are big pharma evil companies. They also make ivermectin. Ivermectin is made by the same big pharmaceutical companies that make these. So you no, but I'm uh, yes, some of them are. They listen to Joe Rogan and all that, and they're like, "Oh, those those Trumpers, yes, but not the people I know." Big pharma made that too. Herbs and things like that. But my thing is, you're not going to take what you're not going to take that. Herbs and trust you trust. Um, you know the meat that's approved by the FDA. The dairy that's approved yeah, you, by the exactly. FDA. You, you eat you're that. showing up mm. at McDonald's mm. and Popeyes with all that poison and putting that in. If you're not yeah. taking that, then why mm. are you eating all that? Come on, and by the, the way, monster vegan and, and eat vegan, eat some clean food, y'all. At least eat some clean food. And here's the funny thing about it is when you get COVID, are you gonna treat that with berries and herbs? No, you're gonna you're gonna get no. rushed to the hospital. You're going to crawl there. And you're going to say, happen. shoot me up with all the pharmaceutical drugs you got. They, you're going to be like, put it in me. You are not going to sit home and, and take you some herbs and berries when you get COVID. And give me the vaccine Baby. way out. Honey, cousin, they all talk about, I'm going to take these herbs and berries until they get COVID. They go, oh, I can't breathe. Let me get the drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Save me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever, folks. <laughs> you know, I'm frustrated. Listen, I've run out of empathy. I'm sorry. I've run out of empathy. If you don't want to get the shot, I fine. But you need to pay the cost to be the boss. I agree the because end. it's going to shut down society. It's like people Correct. may not be getting as sick as they were before, but the people who aren't vaccinated yeah. are. They're taking up hospital beds from the rest of us. God yes. forbid you break your leg or something like that. You you're ain't not getting into the ER. You're not going to have a bed. And then, you, it's, bed. you know, society, you know, these businesses are hanging on services. You know, everything's I mean, everything is backed up and slowed down because people are calling out sick. And then and you know what happens? Then there's a hurricane or a wildfire or a, a freak storm and the hospitals are full. Yeah. And then people who got really hurt, injured, can't get a bed. Get a people bed. who, you know, some disaster or Ebola or some other virus comes in. Yeah. We will not have the capacity as a country to treat another disaster. God forbid. Please, Lord, don't let another major disaster happen in this country. Because throughout most of this country, the beds are taken. There's nothing left as unvaccinated people are all laying up in those beds with COVID. And it's so contagious that you have to keep the whole ward for COVID. You can't turn that back into a maternity. Some hospitals um, in, in, in this country are having to shut their maternity wards down because they can't risk having COVID in, infect that part of the hospital. It's an airborne disease. So once you have a COVID ward, it's just COVID. You can't just bring heart transplant people in there. So you're, you're making it so that the hospital is eaten up by all COVID. And therefore, if other things happen or if you have an emergency C-section, what are you going to do? And people aren't thinking about other people. And what frustrates me is that part. It's not even just I'm thinking I'm fine. It's the selfishness. It's I don't give a damn. And so if you don't give a damn, I don't give a damn. Okay. About your wallet. So whatever. 
We're in trouble. Good luck. Don't die. We're Try not to die. We're just in trouble. It fears, like I said, when I heard Fauci say, listen, everybody, you know, my goal is not to get COVID. Same. When I heard him Girl, say, me listen, too. everybody's going to get Scary. it. Scary. I was just like, yeah. we, it's like we're throwing in a towel and we're saying we're just going to live with this. Right. We might be the last two that don't get it because <laughs> we're so, we so paranoid. We might be the last two, like off to the side, like the two read girls didn't get it. <laughs> I know. That'll be what our just podcast us. is about. Like we'll last be like, two. you know, hold up in some cave, like the last two people who don't have it <laughs> on the bike. Like, can we be heard in this cave? Can we have Wi Fi <laughs> on. Hello. <laughs> you hear me, Joanne? We'll Coming to you live. We'll be together by then. We'll be in the same Together place. alone because we're going to be so scared. We're going to be in two isolated parts of the cabin. Like, girl, you all right over there? Yeah, girl, I'm okay. <laughs> let me slide some soup over there. You got some bread this, left? Like, you got any bread <laughs> left? <laughs> let, me, let me throw it. Let me throw it because I ain't coming over there. I'm sorry. I ain't, I'm coming, over there. No. <laughs> I ain't coming over there. Though. Let me just throw it to you. And and we got, look, look, our mask to go. is like, we down to like, <laughs> like one little, <laughs> we got to hold the mask, to hold the mask over our face because we got one mask a piece and it's down to its last, bro, it's last down to one. the last one. Let me unfold it. <laughs> <laughs> what, and, and, and get a, tip it up and go with a straw just to drink. <laughs> Put it back there. <laughs> right around like this. Oh my God. This week's guest is so many amazing things. She's a mother of four, wife, fellow soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, an HBCU graduate, and an absolute trailblazer. She happens to have served as Atlanta's 60th mayor, um, and she has now passed that baton on. And she can be seen these days taking rides on Air Force One fighting for federal voting protections and being a real one in her city of Atlanta. We love her so much. Yeah. The welcome to read this, read that mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Hey, Soror. Hey, hey Soror. <laughs> this is wonderful. One day after Founders Day. I guess. And you also thank you. Thank you for Come being on. here. How are you? How are you doing these days with everything that's going on in the world? I know you just got off of Air Force One a couple of days ago, but how's life? How are you doing? I'm so happy that <laughs> it's scary that I'm this happy <laughs> because I don't remember the last time I was this happy. So, and I, I've been saying I, I, I'm not, how did I put it? I had a very um, diplomatic way of saying it. Not happy that my season is as mayor's over, but I'm happy that it happened. If that makes sense, so you know it was a it was great to be the mayor of Atlanta, but it's also great not to be the mayor of Atlanta. I was gonna say you gotta be happy with just the the pressure that comes. I think with being any type of politician, I would imagine, but particularly a mayor of a major city has to be just great. And so to have that gone, but then to still have the record that you have, I could see that you're happy, but you also have to be just a little relieved to just get up in the morning and not have to, you know, you can go where you want to go, do what you want to do. Now it's somebody else's responsibility. So it's funny. (laughs) My 11-year-old son put it best. Um, Something came on on the news and he looked at me and he said, not your problem anymore. And just even little things like I, I ran the Costco today and 
being at Costco at noon on a Friday in leggings and Uggs, that would have stressed me out that somebody would have thought that I was not working. So just little things, just reclaiming my life, it it feels great. Yeah. I have to say that I think that... um, you are a powerful woman, obviously. You know, there haven't been a lot of mayors of Atlanta. There certainly haven't been a black woman. This is not a usual thing. You know, we getting to be an executive, getting in those executive positions, we can count the number of black women who've had those opportunities on two hands, right, in the history of this country. So you're an historic figure. It was an incredible burden. It was an incredible opportunity. And I think that a lot of people cannot relate to the idea of relinquishing power. It's something that people can't relate to. People feel that once you have it, it's like a, it's like a drug that you never you only want more of it. And so I think for a lot of people, they are surprised that you would walk away from power willingly and just say, no, I just want my life. I don't have some ulterior motive. I know you had everybody texting you being like, give me the story. Give me the insight. And you're saying, no, I, I, I have a life. I want it. I did my thing. I had my season. The power was part of my responsibility to my fellow man and to my fellow Atlantans. But I have other things I want to do in life. I feel like that is so bananas to people that they they don't believe it. But talk just a little bit about that, because you did do something extraordinary, which was you said, I had this power, but I'm willing to not have it. Uh, Well, you completely summed it up much better than I've ever been able to do in trying to articulate this since I made the announcement in May. And I think had I been motivated by the power, then it would be a great job to have because in terms of mayors and cities, it doesn't get much better than Atlanta, especially as an African-American elected official. And I think at the heart of it really is that I've never been motivated by the power. I wanted to be mayor because I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to do good. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it, it is my truth. And, um, you know, there were even times as mayor, I was frustrated because I felt like there were times as a city council person, I could get more done and Mm -hmm. I could see tangible results faster as a council person than I could as mayor, because, you know, the, the higher you climb, the, the greater the obstacles and, and the haters and all that, that comes with it. But you know, the last four years, none of us could have ever imagined the last four years and all that entail from the leadership in the White House or lack of leadership in the White House to the pandemic to um, George Floyd and, and the list goes on. We were all collectively dealing with a lot. And then on top of that, when you are the mayor of Atlanta and every city is not like this, certain cities have a, a strong mayor form of government. We don't have a, a city manager. You are the CEO of a $2 billion operation with 9,000 employees. So you're dealing with the politics. You're, you're dealing with running an organization. Now, all that being said, I handled it and I did it. And in my opinion, I did it well. But, you know, it it just it dawned on me that I had the power to decide for myself the same way voters had the power to decide for me. Mm -hmm. There's a reason our terms end at four years and then you 
voters get to decide. And and I, I came to recognize that I had that power too. I could decide too. The hardest thing was saying it out loud and doing something out of the ordinary because who doesn't want to run for mayor of Atlanta again? And, you know, my truth was, hey, raise my hand. I don't. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you now after you made the announcement, right, that you wouldn't run for reelection, you still had to serve as mayor. You were still in the position. Yeah. Was there any point after you made that announcement where you regretted making that choice where you were like, mm, maybe it, maybe I should maybe I shouldn't have made this. Was there any second guessing your decision at any you point? Know. You know what, Jackie, the sad commentary about politics in America, I got more done after I made that announcement than I've been able to get done in three years. It was easier Mm -hmm. to get things done, and it was twofold. Mm -hmm. Um, It was no longer beneficial to fight with me. And my, Mm -hmm. my poll numbers were extraordinarily high. My favorable numbers were around 68%, and that's really high especially given all that we've been dealing with in the city and in the country. So once people saw that I was polling high and I went on the ballot, all these things that I wanted to get accomplished for the city, suddenly they didn't have a reason to try and stand in the way of it. So I was able to just start rolling things out from my agenda that really had been put to the side um, with all of the disruption of 2020. I have had one moment where I wondered if I made the right decision and it was election night and, you know, I was standing on the stage and watching um, Andre Dickens, who I supported, very happy that he won. But in, I had a fleeting moment where I went, Oh, did I make the right decision? And it passed very quickly. I had never had it before. Haven't had it since. And even in that moment, I gave myself, permission to feel it because I'm human. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I've, I've not, I've not regretted the decision, but that was the only time that I went, Oh gosh, I hope I did the right thing. And then part of that is the anxiousness of not knowing what's next because I was on city council for eight years. I was mayor for four years. Before that, I was um, a part-time magistrate judge. So I've been in some form of public service for a really, really long time. And in that moment, I'm going, okay, now you do what? So, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad me- today, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I made that decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, but you still, you know, have a lot of influence um, given what you presided over, you know, I mean, as you said, the pandemic, I mean, you yourself and your family had to deal with COVID personally, you know, ha- being a mom in the midst of dealing with all of the, you know, challenges that, you know, of what our children were seeing during that period, you know, George Floyd. But there were a couple sort of George Floyd moments even inside uh, of Atlanta, the Rayshard Brooks situation um, at the Wendy's um, and the Ahmaud Arbery case. Um, you, as, uh, you know, uh, our Sora, Jackie said, you know, you, you get to be on air force one, you get to talk to the president and the vice president. They seek your counsel clearly. What, you know, president Biden is signing some executive orders, trying to do something on police reform. It's been extremely disappointing that there has not been police reform, especially for a lot of black folks, you know, who delivered him to office. What is your advice on how we can deal better 
with the ways in which we are policed. We obviously need to be, we need police, you know, to protect us like they protect everybody else, but we shouldn't have to fear them. And then also somebody associated with the police, like the, the men who killed Ahmaud Arbery, shouldn't be able to walk away just because they have relationships. You know, and in this case, they didn't. They're actually going to pay for their crimes. But talk a little bit about that. On the police reform side, what advice would you give the administration on what they can do administ- uh, ex- in an executive level? Well, I think at the, the, the at a very basic level, funding to cities to take comprehensive a comprehensive look at police reform is important. We were very fortunate in Atlanta that when we started to take a look at it, I was able to go to the business community and say, we need some help hiring some outside organizations to help us take a comprehensive look at what we're doing and help us chart a path. Every city doesn't have 30 Fortune 500 companies in their city to help fund initiatives like that. And then also from the programmatic piece. So in Atlanta, we partnered with two groups. One is a national group, PERF, and the other um, is uh, Atlanta Urban, um, obviously a local group to take a look at everything that we were doing and help give us a blueprint on how we can update our policing policies. Not very differently than what we saw with President Obama when he laid out the framework for um, um, the policing and he had a blue ribbon commission. So I think the opportunity to partner with the White House with some leadership whether it be a commission, whether it be funding sources, et cetera, will be extremely helpful to cities because you've got to remember over the past four years, we have been leading on issues that we normally don't have to lead on in cities because we had that guy in the White House. So it mm-hmm. t- it's taken up a lot of bandwidth just from a personnel perspective on dealing with issues that we normally don't have to deal with. So I think it, it, to even pick up where President Obama left off on that would be a very good start. And what's interesting, just before the murder of uh, George Floyd, we, if you recall, President Obama had issued this challenge um, for cities to pick up the work that he had done. And, and we had formed a commission and we were well on our way. And I, I Uh, What I do know about the president and the vice president and this administration, their heart is in the right place. And that makes a tremendous difference. Um, And I I think and I am hopeful that when we can get settled on some of these other issues that are taking up so much energy, um, that it will will be able to really give laser attention focus to those things that we know are systemic and happened during a pandemic and outside of a pandemic, including um, issues and challenges with our communities and policing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to ask you, as you know, we both mentioned, it's such a big deal to be on Air Force One. I've never been on it. <laughs> and I would love the experience. Nor of time. I. And I love that you posted about it on your social media. But not only did you ride back, um, you know, to Georgia with, uh, the president and vice president, but you also went with them over to my undergraduate alma mater, Clark Atlanta University, That's um, right. where they talked about voting rights. And, you know, you're supporting them. Um, you're supportive of where they stand on this. But there were some, you know, noticeable absences in, you know, these visits that the president and vice president made. You know, Latasha Brown from Black Votes Matter 
Stacey Abrams says she has a scheduling conflict. Um, but there, you know, but Sonny Hostin recently on The View was very outspoken about frustration with the Biden administration when it specifically comes to, you know, voting rights. And I wonder what you would say to Black Americans, particularly those who felt like, you know, we were instrumental in getting, you know, Biden, the, the Biden-Harris ticket into the White House, but they're frustrated that voting rights hasn't seemed like a priority for a while. Now it is, but are they going to get it done? There's a lot of frustration out there. And just as someone who has worked in politics, what would you say to those people um, that could encourage them to give some grace to the Biden administration? Yeah, I, I understand the frustration, but what I would say, and, and I've said this over the, the past week, and even as it relates to um, what happened and, and, and the pushback on the speech on Tuesday, um, it is frustrating. But I know as a leader, having people in the White House who actually care and who are listening it's a 180 degree change from where we were with the last administration. Now, it doesn't mean that it's perfect and it doesn't mean that we're giving permission for things not to be done, but we have also got to work together. Because what I know is this, is that when COVID hit and we were having to pay hazard pay to sanitation workers and, and firefighters and people to show up for work, and facing a hundred million dollar budget shortfall, we didn't know where the money was going to come from. It was this White House that filled in that gap. So in the same way that they listen to us, recognize our needs as a city, I know that they're listening to us on voting. But if we take the bait and we don't continue to show up and vote, especially in Georgia, if we don't send Senator Warnock back to the Senate, the conversation is going to be dead in the water. At least we have a fighting chance now. But if we sit this election out, we're going to turn the hands back, the hands of time back again, the same way we did it when we had these glorious years with President Obama and then voter turnout was low um, in our community. And then we had four years of that guy. We can't go backwards. We've got to keep pushing and we've got to keep electing not just the president, we got to elect senators and Congress folks, and we got to get people at the local level. You know, and, and one of my favorite quotes is from Audre Lorde Revolution is not a one time event, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but it will happen if we keep pushing and getting the right people in office. So, what I've said to my 19-year-old son and, and anybody else who will listen, if you want to have a chance of getting done what we need to get done, especially as it relates to voting rights, then you've got to have the right people in office to get it done. And the reality is this, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to get it done, but we just can't get it done right now because we don't have the numbers in the Senate to get it done right now. But we that can change if we all show up and vote. Well, you know, are you worried that on that very note, because I think what scares a lot of people, scares me, honestly, is that the people will come out and vote, you know, despite what your governor is trying to do to Fulton County and what the Republicans have tried to do to seize control of Fulton County, aka Black voters, and try to squash their votes. 
And that let's say people jump through all the hoops that they've put through in Georgia and they come out and they vote in huge numbers for, uh, for Raphael Warnock instead of the guy who wants to spray something on you. I think he thinks Axe body spray will make you not get COVID or something. It used to be a great football player. Herschel Walker was the bomb when he was playing football, but you might have taken too, too many in the head. <laughs> um, but um, any hoops, let's say that, you know, Warnock wins and let's say Stacey Abrams wins and they get the most votes. The way that Republicans have structured the way elections work in Georgia is that they can say, oh, that's cute that y'all wanted Warnock and you wanted Stacey Abrams. We declare this election invalid. We're just going to reverse it. And we're just going to put the guy who wants to spray body spray on and uh, Kemp in. What do we do? I mean, the laws have already allowed them to play with the elections that way. Well, Joe, if you think about where we were in Georgia, if there had been a 500 vote difference or even 832, like it was in my race for mayor, I suspect somebody would have found those 500 votes. But when you had 12,000 votes that you needed to find, that was going to make it a little more difficult. So I said this during the presidential election. I said it during the runoff. We got to turn out in numbers that there is no question um, who wins and who doesn't win. We have the numbers in this state. We got the numbers in Mississippi if we would register to vote and turn out to vote. The numbers are here. We have got to show up and you got to show up and stand in the gap for the people whose registrations are going to get thrown out and who are going to show up at the polls and get turned away. Like we all got to do our part and then some. And my fear, again, is that we, we, don't, we don't recognize how bad things could be. Things have, are, have been pretty awful. They could have been catastrophic, especially in our cities. And it concerns me when I do an urban radio interview and I hear the radio host say, we didn't, we didn't get voting rights. We're not showing back up to vote. We absolutely can't take that position. Show up to vote and keep demanding voting rights. But you can't sit it out and expect that things are going to get better because we're going to take 10 steps backwards. Yeah. So here's your opportunity to just break some news, you know, just, you know, share with us. You know, I know you're going to Costco's these days when you're not riding on Air Force One, <laughs> celebrating Founders Day. Come on now. What, are you, are, are you, are you working on a book? Like, are you going to start a podcast? Are you going to be the are head you, of Tyler Perry Studios? Yes. Are you going to join The View? Or are you just <laughs> going to just kind of take some self-care time and just some me time and, and figure it all out? I'm going to do all of that. How about that? <laughs> the Tyler Perry Studios part two? Oh, wait, we're going to send this right away to uh, Write that down. MSNBC. <laughs> Breaking news. I do not believe Tyler would let me pass that front gate. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but I, I was chuckling to myself. I was like, oh, I think this last check comes in today. <laughs> and I said, I may have to ask Tyler if I can go help answer some phones up there in the studio. <laughs> so soon and very soon, I am going to do um, a fellowship. Uh, in a couple of months at a university. I can't even say which one yet. They're not ready for me to announce it yet. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And I've got some other things in queue that I hope to be able to share very soon. 
Um, are you done? Very, very you know, I have to ask this because are you, are you I, I have to politics? ask this question. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jackie. No, I was just saying, Sora, are you, can you say at this moment, I'm done with politics? I'm de- like, never again. No, I wish I could. It would make my life easier. <laughs> um, but I can't, I, I, you know, for everything, there is a season. So I knew that it was time to put a period on this season as mayor because when you've gone through the last four years that we've gone through, you want to make sure that whomever is leading is 100% all in, healthy, whole, heart, spirit, <laughs> the whole the whole nine. So I knew it was time for a period for this season, but I can't, I don't, I don't know. I think I'll maybe know, maybe a month or so. I don't know. I, I, well, I always can think- I give you a timeline of you can I'll give you a timeline of when we might want to know is maybe around 2023 when the, a certain kind of primary is starting. Um, <laughs> you know, you might want to. Well, the other question I, is, you, you know, you're on Air Force One. You're there, you know, kicking with the president and the vice president. Have they talked to you about maybe joining the administration? Has that been a conversation? And then would you just tell us what you and and, and Miss Kamala Kiki about when y'all on Air Force One? Well, we just need to know. It's just us three. No one else. Well, we won't tell. <laughs> well, I I have had conversations about um, opportunities in the administration, but you know that goes back a a, a while back. So, um, you know. That's that's been a conversation before. I would like to think if if um, I would like to think I could still have that conversation. I'll just leave. <laughs> you know, you make me nervous when I start talking about the White House and conversations. <laughs> like, well, I'm just say? saying, if Biden decides that it's his season and he's ready to chill, you know, you and um, the VP could make a great ticket. You could be yeah. her VP. Y'all two could be a great black women. Just take over America. That would be amazing. two black you know women. I, I am, as far as I know, President Biden is running for president <laughs> again. I'm giving and, him options, and, and so <laughs> I'm gonna be all in for the Biden Harris ticket again. I love it. Okay, um, she is so smart. But I, my my daughter was so excited to see her, um, so I was glad that she had an opportunity to chat with her um and then when we we left uh cau my daughter was like i had some other things i wanted to say can i talk to her again i'm like baby you know most little girls in america don't get hello from the vice president (laughs) i'm like maybe one day but i can't make any promises (laughs) yes i gotta ask you about covid just as you know citizen keisha because you know you had it your household had it. Um, and, you know, for me, Joanne and I, we talk about it all the time on this mm-hmm. podcast about just how it affects our lives, how we feel about it, how we feel about the vaccine, everything. We talk about it because it has dominated our lives in so many ways. But when I heard Dr. Fauci say this week that basically everybody's going to get COVID and you have to live with it. And now the CDC is saying, listen, especially in the medical field. If you, if you are asymptomatic, go on back to work. Like as a citizen, how do you, like, I'm terrified. You know, I had an uncle who died recently and I just did not want to get on a plane right now to go to the funeral. And fortunately I could watch it online, but 
I'm double masking. I do not. I have never had it. I don't want to get it. Like, how are you navigating this as a parent? You know what I mean? With schools and everything like how concerned are you about the future of this country when it comes to this virus? It just seems out of control. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your uncle. Thank you. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it is scary. And, and COVID has made another round through my house. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, my 13-year-old, and my mother all had breakthrough COVID. So the difference this time, you no, know, compared to my husband's COVID experience in July of 2020, it was night and day. He was down and out, you know, a couple of days this time, but July of 2020, um, he had, he was so sick. He had told me he didn't know if he would survive another round of COVID. So that tells me shots, vaccines, boosters made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. This time. So, it, you know, Jackie, I am um, I know that the physical part is extremely concerning. Just before I joined you all, I was on the text thread of my high school girlfriends and one's headed to South Carolina. Her grandmother's in ICU with COVID. So we mm-hmm. have to remember that there are people who still physically don't have the ability to fight it off. But I'm also getting more and more concerned about the anxiety and the mental health piece Mm. of this. This is a conversation I've I've had with the White House. Um, It's a conversation I've had locally. I think that mental health piece is why we are seeing so much crime in our cities, because what we are seeing in Atlanta it's just, and I know this is happening across the country, people with just a complete inability and unwillingness and desire to resolve conflict. Mm. You get cut off on the street, you get shot. Yeah. So like it's playing out in, in other ways. And then just, again, just the anxiety. My kids, my 11-year-old son won't take his mask off when he gets home. Almost have mm-hmm. to rip it off. And he says he's afraid he is going to get COVID and then get me sick and I may die. Like that's what our kids are dealing with. So I am encouraged by what I'm seeing with the science that you get vaccinated, you get your booster. And then we're seeing the anti antiviral pills and things coming out. And I know it's nothing that other generations before us haven't experienced because we've read stories about the 1918 flu and people waking up healthy and then dying in the, by sundown. We've read those stories. Um, but it's, it's one thing to read it, another thing to experience it. So I, I think that we're all going to really need some comprehensive national mental health help when we're on the other side of this pandemic, not just folk who are out shooting people because they cut them off. But those of us who have now developed anxiety and depression because of what we're dealing with, uh, with this pandemic. Yeah. And can I ask you, what would you say? I mean, as somebody who's had executive authority, I mean, you you have governors and, and mayors on the Republican side who are standing in the way of doing even the basics to protect kids from COVID 
banning mask mandates, banning anti-vaccine uh, mandates here. The Supreme Court just come out and basically say COVID run wild. The administration's not even allowed to have a rule that um, employers with more than 100 employees need to get their, um, need to, you know, insist that people be vaccinated or test. You know, it seems like so much of our institutional structure is is standing in the way of us ending this pandemic and so much of our cultural structure, which is all about, I do what I want. It's all about me. Screw everybody else. I don't have to wear a mask and help everybody. I don't have to get back for other people. It's all about me. This attitude combined with what the right has done and the messaging against the vaccines, which has bled past the MAGA crowd into our community. I mean, there are black folks who are as hardcore anti-vaxxer as MAGA people are what would you say to people who are still saying, no, I won't wear a mask. I won't get vaccinated. And I'm talking about our people. I, my people, my household, my 19 year old son, it is frightening. The conversations I have with him because I go, is he listening to QAnon? Like, where is he getting this stuff from? And as I'm talking to other people, I've realized that the same messaging He's getting my 19 year old HBCU student. Uh, other people are telling me their kids are talking the same nonsense. So, thankfully, he's fully vaccinated, but I don't have to tie him up and throw him in a trunk like the woman did with her 13 year old and mm-hmm. get him to go get a booster. My 21 year old, too. Same. And, and what I realized during the campaign, I would watch my 11-year-olds constantly watching NBA and wrestling, uh, YouTube stuff. And I would hear the Trump ads coming through. So what I wonder with my 19-year-old who's consuming information the same way, um, you know, is this being piped in the same way that I I would see Trump ads going into my 11-year-old's YouTube NBA feed? So clearly Mm -hmm. there was targeting of African-American young people. And we know that was about suppressing the vote. But I, I firmly believe it's got to be that same targeting um, on vaccines and misinformation. And it is really scary to me because I'm out talking every day about what or was as mayor, get vaccinated. This is what you do to stay safe. And then I'm having to fight with my 19 year old who's telling me all the reasons he shouldn't get a booster shot. Now, thankfully uh, his school is now going to require that they have booster shots in order to go back in the spring. So I'm very, very happy about that. But aside from that, this was going to be an all out battle in my house. And this is my son who should know better. But he's getting information from someone else and believes that whatever this random information he's getting is is more accurate and more. And obviously, it's more impactful than what I'm saying as his mother and as the mayor of the city. Wow. And after everything that we're seeing, we all have family members, friends, like all of us can relate to exactly what you're going through with your 19 year old. All of us in some kind of form or fashion. If there are those who are listening to this that don't feel them this way that way themselves, 
Well, Mayor Soror, Soror Mayor. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, we can add cousin now. Can we add you to the yeah, cousin? Oh, I feel like you're a cousin. We're going to make you a cousin. This is open and endless. You can come back anytime. When anytime. You get ready to announce whatever. If you want to say, hey, I'm going to Phipps Plaza, you can come on our show and just say, you know, I'm just going to go shopping at Phipps Plaza and you can just announce <laughs> that here. We'll, we'll come to Costco with you because there's a few things I would also like yeah. to pick up. Well, of course. <laughs> And I ran by Phipps after I left Costco. So, you know, <laughs> that only cousins would understand Listen. that mindset. So I would, I would love to come back and share some breaking news with you. I, I mean, yeah. listen, don't get me started. My stories about when we used to go to Costco with my kids when they were young. The samples used to make me sane because I could take them through Costco, get all my stuff. As long as they could stop by and get those samples, baby, yes. and then a hot dog for a dollar. That That's was our right. day. <laughs> my favorite outing shop <laughs> well we could talk to you all day but thank you for um being on read this read that and seriously you can come back when you have an Anytime. announcement when you don't have an announcement just to hang out oh, just to kick in let's just come and hang out and, well, and you know what on my feel, hand, so. and, and listen she's she's in the other sorority but please let let miss miss kamala harris miss vice president know she can come too and we're gonna do a, a ecumenical you know all of us together Divine Nine Kiki together. So I tell her, let her know. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you all for having me. This has been a lot of fun and I will be back anytime you will have me. So thank you. Well, we, we will love definitely thank call you. on you. Thank you so much for taking the time. All right. Thank Ooh. you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love her. I isn't she the sweetest? So when when I, when uh, when my links chapter, oh, I should have mentioned that to her. When when our links chapter formed, I just wing in a prayer asked, would she do a video? And she did. Like did a whole video with a studio background and did a whole thing. I mean, not everybody's gonna do that. Like you know, take the time. And she was still mayor. I'm like, this lady's the mayor of the whole city of Atlanta. And the Willow Oak Links asked her, you know, could you just do a video? I thought maybe she'd do a phone thing real quick. When I tell you she did a whole video, <laughs> we were she's like, so wow. She I mean, is she's wonderful. so kind. I mean, I've been yeah. just dialoguing with her directly. No assistance, no anything. That's wonderful. What a, what a great lady. I know. And okay, so we got, you know, there, to me, there are three great political jobs. I was going to say there are three great political jobs in America. There's three. There's only three. There's the mayor of New York City, which to me is probably the greatest political job and, and the most interesting political job. Obviously, president of the United States and mayor of Atlanta. Those are the three great political jobs in America, period. Yeah. She mayor had one of, Atlanta. of them. You know, that's my hometown, so I love it so much. What are you going to do for you this weekend? Uh, okay, so I think this weekend uh, I am going to finally have finished this little dog pen that I have. Jason objects to it, but I, I've got I've created a little doggy play area outside for the dog. So I'm hoping it doesn't snow too bad. I know it's going to snow this weekend, but I am because she is not potty training. She's not learning to potty train I enough. She went it's to driving me nuts. Mm -mm. She, the trainer didn't do the potty training part. Like she will now sit. You can tell her go down. You can tell her to stay. Like she's got a lot of skills now. Joanne, but the skill she does not have is the do potty training. So what outside. I'm going to do. No. No. What she's going to do here. We're going to do. Watch me. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going someplace. Watch this. Like the Patsy. I'm they calling Peter. I'm going to feed her. I'm going to feed her and then take her out in her play area. I'm going to have her bones. I'm going to have her balls. I'm going to have her toys. Because what she needs is she wants to just, she takes side as play, not as poop. So I want to just take her out and let her run out her fun 
let her enjoy herself. And it's a big area where she can run and jump. A doghouse can fit in there. And she can go in there and be in her enclosed area and take a shit. And when she's done taking a dump, she can come back inside. Is it Stay out as long as you want. Is it outside he or is it enclosed? Yeah, she has fur. She a dog. Dogs have fur. Girl, listen, fool. Not all dogs have <laughs> fur. Some of them have she hair. Fur. She has a whole long... Well, okay, she got hair because it's all over my damn house. Okay? Yes, not all... Listen, dogs get cold outside. I don't know why people... I'll put a sweater on her. Dog. I'll put a coat on her. I'll get a, I'll get a doggy sweater and put it on her. She's going to play outside. Listen, when I was growing she up, my mother was like, dog outside. Put the dog outside. You're about, you about to have an outdoor dog. You're about to put no, her no, she outside. Gonna out. She's going to be indoor, outdoor. How's she going to be indoor, indoor outdoor? Who going to let her be indoor, back outdoor? in? What? Who going to let her back in? <laughs> Who's going to let her back in? Jason. Is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your story? <laughs> That's my story. I'm telling Why you, it's, you it, I'm going to try it. Break the dog. I'm trying, but the dog won't learn. She does not love. She's like, are we going outside? I'm like, yes, let's go. And she will literally hold it. I know she has to poop because she's sniffing around on the ground doing the I got to poop sniff. But then she like, it's like any little sound a mile away. She's suddenly looking at that. Oh, it's a sound over there. It's like dog poop. What? What? No, no, no. Poop. Okay. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, what's happening over there? Oh, wait. Hold on a second. I'm going to run around in circles. Whee! Okay, She's okay. A puppy. And, and then I'm like, okay, so now poop. I'm, let me take you to the place where you poop before. Okay. Well, I'm over here. I don't remember. Whee! She's a baby crack. What did I tell you when you said you were going to take this dog? To this training thing, I can't. They believe. did a great job, but they didn't teach did her. A, they didn't teach her to. Uh, they didn't house they don't do, her. They sure didn't, because I, I guess that's not part of what they do. Why she will go out back to learn how to house train. No, she need to learn how to poop outside. She'll do it sometimes. Like I would say, she's at like 60, 40. 60 percent of the time, if especially if you take her out. So what we've been doing is we take her at the same time every day. We feed her at the same time. We take her out at the same time, trying to get her into a routine. But when I tell you the dog is so easily distracted that she will literally just puppy. walk, play, and not poop. It's like you've got it. And then she'll come back me, inside. And as soon as you turn your back, she drops a stinking load. And she's like, look at I did. I pooped over there. Is that all right? And I'm like, no, it's not all right. She's let like, Let me say something to those, of, uh, those who are out there listening. <laughs> this is You why. asked me what I was going to do for me. That's what no, I'm no. This, to those out there listening who are thinking about getting a dog, if you Don't agree with Joanne with all of this, do Don't not do get it. a dog. Don't get a dog. You are not meant to have an animal. No. You are. It's just not meant to be. You let your dogs poop in the house? I, I take my dogs. They, they're, they're housebroken. How did you do that? I can tell you how to train it. Every dog can be housebroken. Not this one. They're cracking. You ha- do not get a dog if you <laughs> are thinking about putting your dog though. outside. They're meant to be inside with you, not outside. Dogs are literally animals with fur. They're supposed to be outside. They they're don't. To, all when have I was growing up, dogs didn't even huskies. My dog didn't even. But get dogs, come. dogs are pack animals. They want you when you get them. You're the leader of the pack. They want right. to be with you, and they want to poop where you not, poop. No, the no. dog does not want to be by itself outside. Oh no, I'll be out there. Oh, no, I'm gonna you, leave her. You gonna stay I'll out, be out there the whole time? I'm gonna be out there and, play, and let her run her little ass out, and then bring her back inside. I'm you telling you, this is my stand out there and let in my coat. No, you. You just said you were going to let Jason let you. Girl, don't lie to me. Let her back in. <laughs> she going to be Listen, fine. I'm going to try it. Get a dog because let me try it. Dogs come with a lot of responsibility. They do. It's a lot. It's like and raising a child. If you are not ready for this level of responsibility, you do not need a dog. What you can do it, is foster a dog. 
mm-hmm. and keep a dog until it's ready to go into its rightful home. Girl, no. I'm with Jason. <laughs> no to the enclosure. He don't like the idea. Either. It's he a terrible like it. idea. It's not a terrible idea. People do. Okay, everybody, you guys can go ahead when we post this on Instagram. Put your comments under because I know 90% of the people I know who have dogs, the dogs are outside all the time. The dog being a dog, for a dog being outside is part of life. No, you take the dog on walks. You may let it outside, but not when it's cold. You don't leave a dog outside. I can't tell you how many commercials there oh, no, are. I'm not going to just ever leave watch it. those commercials where people leave In their the dogs outside? Exactly. That's I what the entire commercial is about. <laughs> <laughs> not leaving your dog. You take your dog on a long walk if need be, if that's what it needs to poop. Too long. At the dog, the dog is so she's looking, she's looking over there like, ooh, what's that? Is that a squirrel? That's like far away, isn't it? Oh, let me look at that. Actually, let me look at it. Ooh, look at that. It's flying. Is that a flying squirrel? Okay. I guess, I, I, you know, why'd I come out you here? Don't get, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to find a home for this dog. I'm going to find a good home for this dog because y'all don't want it. Y'all don't want the headache. None of y'all want this dog. I'm going to find a home for that and the cat. And then y'all just stay home. You can't take Mr. I- well, Mr. Isis. Actually, you could take Mr. Isis. You go and come, come pick fine. him up. Isis come get fine. him. Come oh and get God. him. They're toys. They're other cats. The dog, has, so he, the dog has a penthouse. First of all, the cat has a penthouse. The cat has a whole ass penthouse where he can go up when the, when the dog tries to body him because, you know, she, she tackles him and tries to body him. And he's, when he gets sick of it, he goes up in his little penthouse. It's like a beautiful penthouse. I vacuum that thing every week and it's all cute. He eats up at the top in the top floor of the penthouse. These are the spoiledest animals. My dog goes to daycare like a baby. I've never seen a dog this spoiled. The dog goes to daycare twice a week. Why don't you tell him to teach him how to poop She gets some. Well, because it, so here's the thing. Now, now this is where we're going to bring this around to a circle. At this daycare, which is a basically five-acre farm where she goes, you know what they do? You know what their playtime is? What? They play outside in a pen. With a that bunch is of dogs. Time. With yeah. a bunch of other dogs, as I told you, but they're not out there all day. I told you to get not, a second not, 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 dog. Oh, no, I wasn't going to leave her all day. No, no, I didn't say I was going to leave her all day. I said when I feed her, because she needs a good, like, 25 minutes. Like, what I generally do is I feed the dog, and then I figure, let it congeal in her stomach for, like, a good 10, 15, 20 minutes. Then I'm like, take her out. So what I do is I'm like 10, 15 minutes after she eats, put her on, you know, take her out and be like, here's the place where you normally poop. Now, like, like I said, six times out of 10, she will go ahead and poop. The other four times she's like, oh, is that the moon? Wow, the moon sure is far away. Wow. That's I wonder why if I stared at it for a while, it would move. <laughs> That's why you have to train her. Girl. I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot. I'm going to find a home for your dog. <laughs> what are you going to do for you this weekend other than find a home for my dog? <laughs> I'm going to find a home for, for your my, dog. For Nala? Yeah. Yes, Nala, come right, she'll come right back. Listen, you know, can listen. I tell you one more funny story? Yeah. So Nala's supposed to be, Nala, if, if, she, if she thinks somebody's outside, suddenly she started to bark. She never barked before. So I never really heard her voice. And it's funny because she's like a dainty little blonde girl. But she barks like, whoa, 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 whoa. She's a and so she'll be like, whoop, whooping. Right. And so. She'll be, we'll be like, what is it, Nala? Okay, so then the, the person is outside. If you were to open the door, this woof, woof, woof dog would be like, hey, you want to play with me? You want to come inside and steal all sorts of stuff? There's <laughs> oh, like stuff in here dog. you could probably really take. It's really fun. Why don't you come in? Like, she's like the opposite. Turbo was literally like, woof, woof, woof. But when you come in, I'm going to tear your ass up. <laughs> this dog is like, woof, woof, woof. Would you like to come in? I mean, they have like a piano. You want to take it? Or, or you want their silverware? <laughs> Let like me you show can have you where all of it. it is. Let me show you where it is. Come in. 
Oh, can you? Can I jump on you? Oh, like I love to play. Can I roll? Oh, my roll over my stomach. I'm on my stomach. I'm on my stomach. I'm on my stomach. Please stay. Yay! You're a stranger, and I love you. That's my dog. <laughs> Steal whatever you like from my stomach. Yay. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, better than to me. Better to have a big dog. I mean, it is good to have a dog that is can be somewhat aggressive, but not too aggressive. Not too. They start right. biting people when they get away. Yeah. So it's yeah. probably a good thing. So what I'm going to do for me this weekend is we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but there's so many great um, television shows on the air right now that are either created by or starring black people. Abbott Elementary is hysterical. Um, You have to watch this show. Where is it? Um, It is. uh, Is it on NBC? I think it's on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And it is about a school in Philadelphia. It's shot in the same docu-style like The Office. Uh This show is hilarious. It is so funny. You have to watch it. There's also a show about a group of friends in LA called Grand Crew. It's an ensemble comedy. Um, If you like shows like Happy Ending or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, you know, it's kind of like that kind of thing. This group of friends are all black and they hang out in this wine bar. It is brilliantly funny. That's on Peacock. It also repeats on Hulu. Um, and so does Abbott Elementary. It repeats on Hulu. And okay. then Ava DuVernay on the CW has a new superhero show, which you would like called Naomi okay. uh, about a teenage black girl with superpowers had its first episode this week. I have to say it is pretty incredible. Pretty good. So okay. I'm binging and catching up and reviewing and all that kind of stuff and monitoring my 12 months to vegan Facebook group, which you guys should join if because a lot of people for the month of January decided to try to go vegan. I know not mm-hmm. you, bacon <laughs> lover, uh, but some people <laughs> did want to give it a try. And if you do, there's a program that I have 12 months of vegan. You should give it a try. It's real easy. So join the okay. Facebook group for that. Perfect. And I, and actually I haven't had bacon in quite a while. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I like to, I like to, I like to gig you on the bacon, but if you can find me in a, a thing that tastes like eggs, cause that's, that's actually what I eat every day. I eat oh, eggs every day. I'll tell you just egg. I'm going to give you some brands. You keep telling and me I actually just found egg, yeah. a vegan bacon that I want you to try. The last time I ordered some vegan bacon that you told me get, it was, it tasted like cardboard. From where? Cardboard. What, which vegan bacon I, I, did I? I I'm going to ta- take you the brand. You did. You said get some vegan bacon. You said mm-hmm. if you like bacon, no, you, you have to get, get some the right vegan bacon. Brand because there, I haven't really found a great vegan bacon until now. This one really has a great consistency, crunch, taste, texture, everything. I believe it when I crunch it. I'll I'm gonna it send, it. send it to you. Send I'm gonna send it to you. Right. You will like it. At least you gotta okay. give it a try. There's some good. And if anything. I'll feed it to the dog. She'll be like, oh, what is this? Is this food? I'm going to eat it. Yay, rub my stomach. Yay, I'm going to go poop in the house. Pooping in the house. In the house, yes. <laughs> Pooping in the house. I'm praying for you, Nala. Where you at, baby? Come in on, Nala. She's in the basement hanging out with her daddy. <laughs> her boo and her daddy. All right, you guys. Well, listen, be sure Monday through Friday to tune in to MSNBC at 7 p.m. and check out my cousin on the readout looking fabulous every day and giving you the, the information that you need to know. I love it. You had great. You always have great guests. Such a great show. You have such a great Thanks. team. Oh, they are at great. the lead. It, it really is such a great um, show. Well, night. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love my team. They're great. It's from the root to the tutor. It's a fabulous team to read out. We love them it very much. It needs to be you, two hours. 
It, I, ooh, girl, I would do so much two hours. I always feel like it goes by so fast. The hour is so quick. I was so used to having two hours on the weekends yeah. that it feels so short, but I really love it. We love the team. We love the show. So thank you very much, my cousin. And please support cousin Jackie Reed, my cousin source, sister friend, Miss Jackie Reed with Vegan Sexy Cool. So you can be vegan and sexy and cool. Who wouldn't want to be all three? You can do the 12 Months to Vegan. You can go on that Facebook page. You just sign up for Vegan Sexy Cool. Get, you know, just sign up. You just go on Instagram, follow Vegan Sexy Cool so you can get all the things, all the links, all the ways that you can be fabulous, fit, and it's better than just doing twigs and berries and pretending that can stop you from getting COVID. Just yes, eat right. Come on. Take care of your body, damn it. Recipes. Exactly. <laughs> and fabulous recipes and really cute fashion and stuff too. So fabulous. Vegan Sexy Cool. Com or vegan sexy cool on Instagram and also follow us on read this read that yes. you can follow us on Instagram on Twitter leave off the tea for savings and just follow 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 tell a friend and like and give us a good comment yes we love that all that what she said what she said <laughs> all of that all right you guys thanks for listening cousin Sora sister friend it's so good to see you great to see you too I know this is the only way we're gonna see you we have to do the thing like uh like they did on, on living no. on uh color purple <laughs> It's so true. I don't know when we're going to see each other face to face. When we're going to see each other in person. But anyway, we're going to do this every week. We're going to do what we can until we can do what we want. So God bless all y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Love you. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.